Wow, let me. I wanted to put this over here because I felt like I was yelling at one side of the room over here, and you guys over here would be going, "Yeah, get him!" You know, and I, I don't, I, I don't want to set that kind of thing up in the church. You know, anybody that causes that kind of schism in the church should be just, you know, run out of town on a rail. That's almost scriptural, you know. Anyway, but other than that, that's another lesson in its own right. Yeah, that's right, Norm. Boy, it's good to be here with you. I, it's always such a, um, a wonderful. Uh, not only pleasure, but a privilege to be here uh, in this area, in, in, in Hollister. Uh, we started coming down years ago with uh, the rallies, the motorcycle rallies. And, of course, uh, as uh, uh, Bruce said, you know, we've known each other for 30 years. Uh, our families have. and We've uh, been together in camps and different things and functioned together. And I've stayed in their home numerous amounts of times. And uh, we were in the same fellowship, connected with the same fellowships together. And so... We have a lot of history. Bruce and I and uh, Amy and a team went back, went to Africa last year together. Uh, so we're, we're, we got a lot of history with the church here. When we started down coming to, to uh, Hollister with the bike rally, we had three guys come down, three guys from uh, one from up north, uh, the Pacific Northwest, and two of us from the Roseville area over here by Sacramento. And uh, it escalated to the last time we came down, which was about the sixth year in a row that we came down. There was 19 of us coming down at that time. And I think it was getting a little bit hard housing everybody, you know, coming down here, you know. So uh, we were going to have to start bringing tents if we kept coming down. But, uh, uh, but it was just a privilege and an honor and just a joy to be here. And uh, uh, like I was telling the men, you know, I had such a freedom at the men's camp, you know, freedom to say what you really wanted to say. And, and a lot of the letters that I got, as a matter of fact, were very encouraging to the fact of like, uh, uh, you know, speak what God has given to you. Don't be afraid to, you know, just, you know, open up. Don't be afraid. And this church is like that. I've, I've found that, the, that ever since I've been coming down here, it's, it's like when you're invited into somebody's home, if you're uncomfortable in that home, it's very hard to function. You know, uh, I, I've been in people's homes where they have everything's just in place, you know, and uh, and you don't want to touch anything. I mean, you know, you almost don't you just want to sit down and don't crease anything, don't 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 move anything, you know. And if you have children, you're ulcerated by the time you leave that home, you know. I mean, you're just like, you know, oh God, I don't want to do that again, you know. And, and you're you're not a, it's not a home at all. It's a museum, an art gallery it's whatever you know you you can't be free in there but you see there's churches that you go to that man you you come in i'm in your living room now you know i'm in your home this is your home you know and i you've invited me into your home and so i can only feel as comfortable in doing what i'm doing as much as you give me that uh, that privilege of doing it and that uh, that yielding of doing it and so i i really appreciate that a lot and i i realize that this church here is a church of the word they love the word of god um if I was living in Hollister, I told Bruce and Dory this many times, if I was living in Hollister with my family, we would be coming to this church. I was an evangelist, I'd be traveling out of this church going if we lived in this area. And so uh, this is, a, this is a, a marvelous thing that's going on here, and I just really appreciate you guys a lot. I can't, I, I can't uh, uh, say that enough. And the men, I appreciate the friendship and the, and, and the love and the, just, just the, the outreach that uh, was, was there, the, the whole camp, the ladies that, that did everything that they did. You know, we can't say enough about that. I mean, it was a, uh, that's what made it a success. It, 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 it's just all the efforts and all the, uh, not only efforts, but all the joy that went into it. And you could feel it. You could feel that there was a, a love-related situation that was going on here. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just somebody throwing something together and, hey, let's get this thing over with and go on to the next event. You know, it wasn't that at all. It was, it was a, a beautiful thing. And so I, I just encourage you guys here. And I, I'm saying all this with encouragement and all kinds of accolades to you that are really nice and everything like that because of what I have to tell you here in a minute. You know? So uh, 
So I have to be kind of nice to you right at this moment. You know, uh, you know don't, don't get the wrong impression when I start yelling here in a minute. But, uh, but, but, but we all need uh, this. I'm going to talk to you about a subject that we have to face every day, every one of us. There's a, you know, this, this subject, I, I mentioned to the guys about uh, uh, um, uh, there are certain things in God that are just like uh, belly buttons in you and I. You know, every one of us have one. Could be an any, it could be an Audi, it doesn't make any difference, but everybody has a belly button, you know? And so there's some things in life that, that everybody has to go through. Everybody will. It's not just a certain few. And one of the things I want to talk to you about today is the way that we talk to each other. Well, that went over, didn't it? See? That really went over. That really went over big. Um, and I kind of felt it probably would go over like that because, you know, uh, our speech is something that is so relevant to what we're doing today. And, 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 and our communication skills, many times uh, uh, communication comes in many ways, but normally it's through the speech. Normally it's through what we're saying to people. And, you know, God is very interested in that. There's almost as much in the Bible about speech as there is about giving. <laughs> lost you on that one, too. Anyway... Um, Let's have a word of prayer, because I really need it right now, okay? <laughs> I'm not even going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for me. <laughs> Amen. Father, I just, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the, the grace and the peace and the joy and all these wonderful things that you give to us, Lord. And I, I just pray that the word of God today would really speak to our hearts, oh God. It would, ju it would just touch us so deep that, uh, Father, something begins to happen to us uh, and stir in us that uh, uh, brings a strength. We could see how much strength we really possess. We can see how much influence we really possess, God, when it comes to our speech and when it comes to what we're saying to other people. And we're saying even to ourselves when we say things to ourselves. God, we're just asking for your anointing to come upon us today and let us everybody go out of here with something today that really will uh, sharpen their skills in communication, sharpen their skills to uh, uh, love one another, Lord, and have the joy of the Lord just exude from us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen, amen. The scripture that we, we went through uh, with the men, and this is kind of like an uh, 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 extension of men's camp is really what it is, is, is what uh, I was told that we know we're just going to go on with the same subject. And so I want to, uh, uh, this would have been, if I was preaching to the men this morning only, this would be what I was preaching. So you just happen to be in on the, on the, on the thing. You know, ladies, you just happen to be in here too because I feel like you have voices too and there are certain words that come out of your mouth. I am so skilled and trained with, with words. I am so skilled with words, and I say this a lot. I can have an argument with my wife, and she doesn't even have to be there. I can literally do her part. The ironic thing about this is because of the Spirit of God and because of knowing Jesus and because of being a Christian, I lose at least 90% or more of those arguments. And she's not even there. She didn't even know the argument took place. I just did. <laughs> you know, uh, you know we, we, we form a lot of different opinions and a lot of different things that uh, go through our mind, a lot of things that go through our heart, and most of it has to find a way to get out somewhere. And that just happens to be the whole... In here <laughs> it just comes out that's that's what it does it's that's uh it has to have an out you know there has to be a, a, a like if you pour water into something it'll look for the lowest point to uh you know find some exit way to go out you know well our words and all the things that we store up and our opinions and our own feelings and everything like that somewhere are going to come out from somewhere they're not going to come through our pores and sweat okay 
They're going to come out of our mouth at, 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 at one time or another. We're going to, something is going to come out of our mouth. You know, I found out a very astounding thing. I found out that you don't actually have to cuss to say something wrong. Ephesians 6 and verse 10 was our scripture that we, uh, that we jumped in on at the men's camp. And that was, uh, uh, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not only one thing just to be strong and stand strong, but you have to find that strength from somewhere. That's why he's saying, don't only be strong, but be strong in the power of God's might. Because we could be strong in our own self, you know? I mean, I, I, I have, a, I have a, a streak in me that if you tell me I can't, I will. Don't you dare look at me and tell me I can't. You know, I mean, you know, you could call it rebellion, you can call it whatever it is, but there's a streak in there that's there. And I have a strength when it comes to that and, and, and a, a stubbornness, man, that you can't, you're not going to make me do it if I don't want to do it. Somebody has to make me. The only one that could make me seemingly is God. And so when we walk not only in strength, we walk in the power of his might, then we're receiving that strength from a source that pure strength will be put out of us not some perverted strength not some strength of of uh, you know uh, yeah i quit smoking 10 years ago man i'll tell you something right now man uh, you know and we're just kind of like you know but on the other hand every day goes by oh god that looks so good man oh jesus man don't light up now. Don't light up now. God, man, you lit up, you lit up, you lit up, you know. And we're, we're, going, we're going crazy. We quit, but we're going nuts in it. But if we walk in the might of God, those things seem to not bother us. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I'm trying to, trying to get to something here. It's not just good to just walk in your own strength. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to wear out somewhere along the line. Somewhere along the line is going to wear out. Somewhere along the line, that temptation is going to come. Somewhere along the line, that, that trial is going to come. Somewhere along the line, that thing is going to present itself again. And all of a sudden, you're going to say things like this. I thought I was finished with that. I thought that was out of my life. I thought I dealt with that when I was a kid. All of a sudden, here it is again. Because we did it in our own strength, and we didn't rely on the might of Almighty God feeding the strength that we have to really give us the fortitude to really stand and make that stand where we could take an ox goad and kill 600 Philistines with a sharp stick when they're in full battle array with chariots, horses, and all kinds of weapons and armor and everything else. And when the smoke clears, we're standing there on the edge of our field with a sharp stick dripping with blood and 600 Philistines laying down on the ground all around us dead. You can't tell me that's my own strength. <laughs> There's got to be more to it. And so that's why he's saying here. He talks right after this. If this is a total lead-in for put on the whole armor of God, man. Talking about the whole armor of God. Well, I'm not going to go into the whole armor of God. I, I, I want to say something else to you uh, 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 here. You know, um, I want you to mark, if you would, Mark chapter 9 is, is a good place to jump in. Mark chapter 9, and I, want to, I just want to read for you a few scriptures in Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, please, please turn there. And it's a good thing to bring Bibles. <laughs> My impression is that if we don't bring a Bible to church, then we probably don't touch it during the week. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me, though. 
I'm old school, been 45 years safe, almost 46 years saved, you know, I mean, just kind of like, you know, wow. I have this way of thinking that's crazy sometimes. Animated crazy, yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're like a bull. <laughs> Come and get you. Come on, get you. <laughs> Man, is that me? I mean, is that all me or is that all you? <laughs> okay, it's all me. All right, thanks. Verse 5. Oh, I don't know. Chapter 9. Did I say chapter 9? Chapter 9 of Mark. Let's, let's, let's jump in on, on verse 2 over here. Let's go to verse 2. It says, Now six days after Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on the mountain apart to pray. Now these guys were inner circle guys, okay? These are the guys that you hear about mostly. The mo- mo- disciples you hear about mostly in the Bible is these guys. I mean, James and John were nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. I mean, that's a cool name, man. I know. I wish that was my bike name. You know, Jack Willis, the Son of Thunder. You know, I mean, that was, that's a great name. You know, I mean, a powerful name, you know. And here's, the, you know, and Peter the impetuous and Peter the, you know, the strong fisherman type, you know, the, the guy that's been around. I mean, uh, you know, uh, easy street savvy man, Peter, you know, he's just, he, they're inner circle people with Jesus, man. They're always there. They're always with him. John leaning on his breast, you know, and all. Oh, it's just a great club, you know. And these guys are all together there, you know. They went up into a mountain by themselves apart to pray, and he was transfigured before them. Boom, he changes right in, right, in, right in their midst. He changes. I mean, they're all, they're in awe. Oh, he's glowing. He's, he, he you know, oh, 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 beams of light. <laughs> he looks like a laser show. <laughs> he's up there just flowing in this thing. And they're all there. I mean, they're looking. Their eyes are like deers in headlights, you know. They're watching this guy, you know. He's like he's on fire. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, with no laundering on earth can whiten them. You couldn't even see anything like this on earth. This was a heavenly manifestation with Jesus, and there we're looking at it. Ah! I mean, it's freaky. Oh, man. And they're sweats rolling off them. What do we do? What do we do? What do we, I mean, I mean, at that point, you're really looking for, I don't know, an out or anything. I mean, you, because you, you this is, this, this is new. What's going to happen to me now? I mean, talking about losing control. I mean, what's going to happen to me now? I'm mean, just getting filled with the Holy Spirit. A little bit of speaking in tongues isn't even near this. When they're standing there, man, and they are awestruck at the sight, and they're looking at, I don't know what will be going through your mind. I don't know what would be going through my mind at that time. Oh, what, uh, do, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, I mean you, 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 you're uh, uh, figuring how you should be, be uh, involved in this. Like Isaiah. Remember Isaiah? All of a sudden he looks up. He ends up in heaven one day. And he looks and he sees the throne of God. And he sees the angel. And the seraphim is flying. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Which was it? Isn't the come? Holy, holy. And they're flying around the throne of God. And she sees this crystal sea. Lightnings and thunderings around the throne. And, everything like and he stands there. And the first thing he says is, what am I doing here? It's the first thing he does. <gasps> and then what's pointed out most of all, when he's in this holiness of presence, what's pointed out most of all is the fact that he really doesn't belong, and all of a sudden his sin is shining just like Jesus' glory is shining. Isaiah looked and he says, uh, he says, woe is me for I am undone. 
And then here he is in heaven. Seraphim's flying around. Holy, holy, holy is the message that's going on. I would have tried to learn the song at least, man. Holy, holy, holy. That would be flapping my arms. Some looking inconspicuous. You can't get out. No exit signs. There's nothing. No way to get out. You know, you're looking around going, what am I doing? How is this happening to me? It's crazy. So what does he say? Instead of saying something like, Oh, I worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, oh thank you for, for honoring me with this presence. He goes, Oh, hey, I got a filthy mouth. This is when he starts yelling. I have a filthy mouth. And all the people I hang around with, they're just as filthy as me, if not worse. I mean, that's something in heaven. Learn the song, for goodness sake. But he talks, all of a sudden, the main factor of this guy, when he sees and he's in the presence of God, it says it was such a holy thing. The, 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 the train of the Lord filled the temple. It was awesome. The post of the doors of heaven shook with the power of Almighty God. And this guy's screaming out, I got a bad mouth. Whoa. I mean, there's some reason for him to do this. The guy was already a prophet. He was already a major player. Man, I got a filthy mouth. And then all of a sudden the seraphim, I don't know, it's peaked. Because they were weird things too. These, these are like uh, these are like sci-fi channel stuff. Just you know, uh, like 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 six wings, man. I mean, two covered his face, two covered his feet, and two he flew with. I don't know if he had the spare wings for some reason. I'm really not sure. I'm not really theological sound on the seraphim. I don't know why all those wings. I don't. But somewhere he picked up that one over his eyes and he went. And he looked down there and saw Isaiah. And he took that landing gear arm kind of fell out from underneath one of those wings because he kind of looked at God. He looked at Isaiah, who was yelling, looked at God, and God gave him one of these, I'm sure. And so he peeled off the pack like a blue angel. And as he went by the altar, there was a hot coals just pulsating, burning on the altar. Red hot and white hot coals. And the landing gear thing came out and fell down. And it grabbed the tongs like salad tongs. You know, off the altar and grabbed a big hot coal, man, and just put it in front of him like some guided scud missile, man. And Isaiah took a look at him, come around, and he saw him pick it up from the altar. And all of a sudden, he's looking, he's going, it's not hard to figure out if something's aimed at you. It's not hard. You know it's coming to you. And where's the cut call? Right on his face, right on the mouth, right on the lips, man. And he goes flying off, and all of a sudden, this giant smoke ring, like he's smoking some tipperello or something, comes off of his mouth. Beard's a little singed. And he's standing there. And then the humor of heaven erupts. I think the seraphim is probably probably had the wings over their mouth for this particular purpose because they were going. <laughs> because the voice said to him at this point, this has touched your lips. Like he needed a prophecy for that one, right? I mean, you stand up. 
I mean, God didn't touch him on the head. God didn't touch him on the knee. God didn't touch him on the elbow. God touched him on the mouth because that's what needed it the most. The man was a prophet already, for goodness sake. He was a prophet. He was already a major player, like I said, a major player in what God was doing. He was already prophesying over Israel. He was already doing these things. But when he got into that presence of God, the first thing that he says is, I got to have a change come to my mouth. I got to have a change come to my mouth. That same kind of eruption. These guys are seeing this over there. These guys are seeing this white clothes, beautiful, shining Jesus that they came in the mouth. Is that the same guy? Is that the same guy? Then all of a sudden, Elijah appears to them with Moses. They come walking up arm in arm. Hey, how you doing, Jesus? Hey, Elijah, Moses, good to see you guys. Glad you showed up. And, and, and still, keep going, God, put yourself in Peter, James, and John place. They're seeing Elijah and Moses, man. It's like ghost hunters. Are we the only ones here that's halfway normal? I, I don't know. Then Peter, listen to this, listen to this. Then Peter, I should say, then you and I came up with something clever. Just came up with this really hardcore feeling, I should say something here. There's times when you don't say anything. That's what it's all about. There are times when you refrain from your speech. The Bible says a fool will answer a matter before it's even spoken. I know what you're thinking. Don't even say it. You know. I was thinking, let's go to lunch. <sighs> Peter, Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, I know you're in that shining somewhere. Rabbi. <sighs> It's good for us to be here. Listen, this is, this is a little bit, ner there's, there's some nervousness and a lot of fear here, okay? And when you're speaking out of nervousness and a lot of fear, you will say just about anything to someone. You'll say, that's what I always say. See, if I was God, if I was God, I think about this every once in a while. I don't try to be God, but if I was God, there would be one major thing that I would change about you and I as human beings. I would not. Dean, I would not give us hair. We would not. No one would have hair. Norm, you would be just so ill. Norman, God. Oh, Jesus. Man, Norman. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. This guy's a revelation to me, man. I mean, you know, uh, 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 I would not give people hair. I would give everybody, men and women alike, huge rubber tips, as we call them, erasers. And then when we say something stupid like it's about to happen right here, we can just go, ah, ah, and take it out of the air. And everybody goes, what'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> the Bible bookstore would be loaded, have shelves, rubber tips for your head. I mean, it'd be, it'd be amazing. We'd wear out four or five a week. It'd be bigger than Yahoo. Man, if you, if you put stock in that thing, man, you'd be a million, billionaire today walking. It'd be just like Trump. Because those things would be used up on a daily basis, man. Peter's about to really say something that is totally gone, totally out of, out of the air. He says, it's good for us to be here. 
Listen to this one. Let us make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, in a natural way of speaking, that doesn't even sound bad. Hey, that's not bad at all. You know, I've, that, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yeah, I thought, hey, I would have said that too. And I was thinking something along those lines myself. You know, well, yeah, I, I tell you, you know, I just, uh, well, I'm kind of verbal about things, so I just said it, you know. And, you know, that's how it is. You know? Oh, wow. And listen, listen to this, listen to this. He said this, because he did not know what to say, for they were greatly afraid. So when you become afraid that you're going to lose control in something, an argument or whatever, you will say anything. And later on, you'll have to go back to your wife or your husband and say, I am so sorry. I have done this. I have done this many times and will probably do it many times again. Well, I have to look at my little girl. I had to look at my little girl the other day. I was dealing with one of my dogs. Oh, I was dealing. the new Pomeranian, the eight-month-old palm that recycles her own droppings. <laughs> I was dealing with her, and my daughter says, oh, excuse me, it wasn't the palm. I'm sorry. I don't want to give her a bad rap, but she's still the palm. But uh, I was dealing with the, the three-and-a-half-year-old Yorkie. And my Yorkie had something in his paw that was bothering him. And it was one of those uh, foxtails from the outside that burrowed in. Well, it cost us like 200 bucks the last time one of these got in there, you know, and went right through his foot, you know, and he's biting in there. And he wore the cone of shame for a couple of days, too, which really was a, a beautiful deal, you know. So, so, so the Yorkie had this in his paw. So I'm trying to get it out. And he goes, like that, you know, man, I go, oh, knock that off right now, bucko. You know, my daughter said, don't hit him so hard. And I said, look, I'm dealing with this dog right now, okay? Back off. My 19-year-old, second year of college, you know. Don't hit that dog like that. No. When you get married and go, this dog's not going with you anyway. No. Settle that. Anyway. She, 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 I, I think my wife said she mounted the, just walk away. <laughs> you know, and so my daughter gets up from the table and just walks away. And I finished dealing with the doctor and everything. And we finally did get the thing out of his, you know, out of his foot. With, you know. Matter of fact, he got it out himself. He went in the hallway and, I better do this before I have to really bite somebody. You know. So he got it out. And so uh, it was already night and everything. She went to bed already and everything like that. So next morning I come up and I had to go to her door. Hey, Caitlin, I need to talk to you, honey. And I had to really apologize to her for what I did. Because it was totally wrong what I did. To jump on her that way and guys i'll tell you something that w when we're in the heat of something we don't care what we say we don't care we don't care how it affects people we don't care what, what, what if there's going to be uh, sometimes we say things to people it'll have a long-range effect on them matter of fact in an argument 10 years later they'll say you remember when you told me were we married that long? I don't even know we were married that long. You know, uh, you know uh, we totally forgot about it, but people that get it on the receiving end, they don't forget about that stuff. I remember when I was in fights as a kid, I remember somebody broke my nose and I got punched in the face and hit in the head and broken fingers and all kinds of things like that. But I can't hardly remember the names of people who did this. But I'll tell you what, I can tell you the names of people and the time it was when they said things to me. When they said it to me, you don't forget it. You try. 
But there's something about that indelible etching, man, that comes to us. Peter says, let's build these three tabernacles, man. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Man, I, I, I think it's good. But he said it because it, 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 he didn't know what else to say. And all of a sudden, it, you know what it did? It activated God. A cloud, wow, shows up. Boom. Look at what it's saying here. And a cloud came over and overshadowed them. A cloud just come, overshadowed everybody after Peter made that statement. And a voice came out of the cloud and says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. In other words, Peter, you be quiet now. This is not a time for you to even say anything. Matter of fact, if you weren't even thinking right now, it would be good. This is a time for you to be totally immersed in what's happening with my glorious son. Hmm. Man, this, this is this is something else, man. This is this is way over the edge because you and I, you you know, I, you know, we we sometimes we don't even feel bad about acting like we say the wrong thing. And we we don't even say anything about it, guys. I'm not trying to get on our cases, but see, see, this is something that everybody deals with every day. We've got to deal with this every day. We get mad and yell at drivers. They don't even know we're mad at them or anything like that, but we do, and we're yelling at them, man. You, you stupid! Why do you want to go get a license somewhere? And along with that word starting to come in action. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the devil's saying, only do half of that. Only do half of that. Some of you are more inept to pick that up. <laughs> Let me read a couple things for you, okay? I might as well go into the Bible a little bit more since we're there. Here's a few things that the Bible says about, about words. L listen to this, okay? Proverbs 15, 26. The words of the pure are pleasant words. Guys, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make it easy for us because we're talking about strengthening. If we're going to strengthen the church, we have to strengthen our family first. If the church is going to be strong, it has to have strong families. So without strong families, all you got is a bunch of people in the church going, I'm not going to be here. Sometime I'm 18, I'm out of here. <laughs> and the old devil's going, yeah, right on, man. Hey, their church is packed today. <laughs> good. 99.5% of the men are just complaining about everything, man. That's good. I got that going. It's hard not to use our mouth. Any, our mouth comes into action all the time. Uh, listen, it says here, Proverbs 15 and verse 1. This is a beautiful scripture. A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. I told this to the men. I mean, if, if, next time you're doing a barbecue out in your backyard, take a bucket of gas, throw it on the grill. See what happens. That's how some households are. God says a lot about, about the tongue. I mean, the mouth is just, oh, everywhere. Proverbs is just like mouth city. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 23, a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Proverbs 15, verse 28, the heart of a righteous, of the righteous study how to answer. They're not impetuous. To the, ah, 
That's when the eraser. Oh, oh, I didn't say nothing. We've been there. We know what it is. We know what it is, man. I'd love to have that eraser. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. The word pour there is a really interesting word. It means belches. Blah, 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 and it's bad. Whoa, dude, what is that? You know, it's bad. I wish I wrote this stuff. This is really good. Proverbs 25, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Oh, look at that beautiful picture of that. That's the words of the pure. That's, 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 that's the, the words of word fitly spoken. Uh, uh, how about uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33? Be not deceived. Evil communications will definitely corrupt good moral habits, good manners. Your manners will take a nosedive, man, if you start communicating evilly to other people. Proverbs 6, you know, I, I want you to go to Proverbs 6. You, you really need to see this, okay? You really need to see that. You can't, you can't just take my word for it on this one, okay? You need to see this in print. And uh, as well as I need to see this in print, L listen, listen to this. Now, this is something that we should pay attention to. And the writer of Proverbs uh, kind of, uh, you know, fell away. He, he, you know, he had something going for 57 years. He had a golden age going. Then all of a sudden he did something. That, uh, you know, that, uh, well, let's just say he, he kind of he had a little discrepancy in his life, but came in the form of uh, 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, you know, that's not, you know. <sighs> anyway, he wasn't like Viagra'd out or anything like that. I mean, he wasn't that, it wasn't that kind of a thing. Why he took those, those, those uh, uh, 700 wives, for example, they were princesses, which was the daughters of the evil kings. Which his reasoning, his wisdom was this. If I take the king's daughters into my house, they won't attack me because I have their kids. This was his way of thinking. But it corrupted his whole mannerism. It corrupted everything. It destroyed the, it split Israel and destroyed that golden age. And then he even said in the Bible, it says that his heart wasn't perfect or loyal, as was the heart of David, his father, who, by the way, David was already gone, but God was bragging on him, and David had premeditated murder and adultery in his life, so that's pretty bad, too, but somewhere along the line, David turned it around, and God turned it for him. So even if we've, even if we've offended, even if we've done the worst thing we could possibly think we've ever done, God is still there to take care of that. There's nothing too difficult that he can do. Don't look for loopholes in the Bible that's going to justify the way you sin. Look at the scripture where it says, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I'll never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. A just man can fall seven times and rise right back up again. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, the Lord delivers them out of them all, and on and on and on and on and on. Look at these things and take heart in those things and say, man, that's where my strength is. And my speech should be coming from that perspective, not the sin perspective. Listen to this, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16. L listen to the heading of this, and you'll get it right away. These six things the Lord hates. And that's a wonderful statement, isn't it? Okay, I'm going to tell you six things that the Lord really hates. And the seventh one that I'm going to tell you about is an abomination to him. 
which just the word abomination doesn't hold like a great connotation to it. Hey, man, your kids are an abomination. <laughs> That's not positive at all, okay? That's not like building up that family, okay? Uh, uh, here it is. And so it says the Lord here, six things God hates. Listen to this now. I'm going to read them for you, and then I'm going to just make a comment on it. It says, uh, uh, and the seventh one is an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to run to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Four out of seven deal with your and my mouth. Four out of seven of these things deal with our mouth specifically. This is how adamant God is that, that change just doesn't come to some of the ways we think about things every once in a while, but change comes to the fact of how we're even talking to each other. How we would speak to somebody. How we would answer somebody. How we would talk to people at work. How we would talk to an unsaved person. Because an unsaved person, all you've got to do is hurt them one time and they will be against the church for the rest of their life. The Bible says something like this. Listen, listen to this one. This is a Matthew 10, 40. I share this with the guys. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Matthew 10, 40. Jesus is saying this. If they receive you, they will receive me. And if they receive me, they'll receive the Father that sent me. Isn't that a powerful scripture? So what we say and how we act and how we conduct ourselves is very, very important. It's very important in our community. It's very important on our job, but it's very vitally important in our home. In the church, we're all good. You don't see somebody in the back of your church going, Give me a coffee! Give me a coffee! Oh, man, I'm telling you something. You're the laziest person I ever come in contact with. I should have never, mar never married you! Now you won't hear that too much in the church, you know. But maybe at home, it just might be a little different. Am I hurting anybody yet? Or, uh, you know, you guys are looking at me like, what time is this over? Nobody told me what time it's over. I really don't know. Isn't that good? <laughs> I'm, you know what? The next time I'm preaching is on the 26th. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Four out of seven things that God hates has to do with our speech. Imagine that. That's really some, some of the habits that are commonly practiced with our mouth. Here's some of the habits that, that uh, I'm, I'm going to say some of the habits that I'm used to in my own life. Here they are. Arguing. Good at it. Harsh words. Right there. Gossip, eh, you know, it's, it's this guy, it comes out. Uh, tail bearing, that means carrying tail. Hey, did you hear that? Did you hear that? That and gossip kind of goes together a little bit. You know, backbiting, you know. That guy, you shouldn't trust him. Don't trust him at all. I know he's a Christian and everything, but don't trust him. You know. <sighs> Negative remarks, sarcasms, man. You want to get sharpened on sarcasms? Watch the sitcoms. God, they're just loaded with it. Whew. Seven, accusation. Number eight, lies. Number nine, murmuring. Number ten, excuses. And the list could go on. 
Proverbs 8. Listen, I, I looked at this one, man. I, 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 was, I was crazy. It's, it's right over from where you're at. It's only like, like a, a, a two doors down the street from where you're at right now. Proverbs 8 and verse 13. Listen to this. I, I, this, this, this. This just blew me away. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Listen, if we're fearing the Lord, we're, we're not just like dis, disgusted with what's going on in the world today. We're hating evil. We're hating evil to the fact that we're not condemning people, but what we're doing is we're hating it that it would even come into my life, that I would, I, I would allow any kind of evil into my life is it, it, grounds for me just saying, man, I hate what's going on in my life right now, and I need to get back to God. This is what, this is what, he's, this is what he's dealing with over here. This is the fear of the Lord, okay? So he's bringing us back. It's to hate evil. Uh, it, it goes on. Let me read it again. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogance, and the evil way. Listen to this one. And the perverse mouth I hate. Isn't it? He, he, he puts the mouth in with pride, arrogance, and evil. Now, pride is something, man, if you tell a Christian, man, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, hey, you got pride in your life. I mean, that's offensive to a Christian. Oh, pride, you know, and it just proves it out right at that point, you know. But, uh, uh, but man, the mouth is something, man, we, we, we really need to, uh, to guard this area. Guys, I am. What, what time? Actually, you know what time do we quit here? Well, I'll quit at twelve. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll be out of here. I mean, you know, this this can't last that. I mean, can't feed people up like this all day. I mean, it's just. It's just why not, guys? <laughs> Hit me again, brother. All right, lay some steak on the next one, man. Okay. Guard your mouth uh, uh, because there, there's a perverseness that could come to your mouth. There's a perverseness. There's, a, there's an evil that can come. I was dealing with bikers one day. I was in, a, in Rhode Island. A guy who fixes my motorcycle, his name is Artie Boucher. And Artie was in there one day. And Artie is not a safe guy. Artie, Artie has some sayings that were like superlatives-influenced uh, sayings that were just literally over the edge, okay? Artie is not somebody who is praising the Lord with me over there at the bike shop, all right? And so I was in the bike shop one day, and Artie was talking. We were talking about something about uh, the motorcycles, and, and, and some guy came in, and everything that this guy said was perverse. Everything. You can say, nice day. Yeah, it's a nice day. Your sister. I mean, just come on, dude. Back off. You couldn't even say anything to this guy without him turning it into something vile, something filthy. I said, already, hey, already, I'll see. I've got to go. I've got to take off. And I just took off. I got, I, it, it was, you know, there's sometimes you're in a conversation where it's not just burning your ear, but it's hurting your spirit. There's been several times in my life where I've been in the presence of somebody who, who was hurting my spirit. And I just had to, I had to go, ha, 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 God, no. And get out of there. I come back about four days later, and I said to him, I said, Artie, who was that guy? And Artie, this Artie looked at me, and he goes, that guy, he's going right to hell. He is going right to hell. Even Artie, the unsaved guy, recognized, this is not good. This is not good. I had to stay here, Jack, because I own the place, okay? Otherwise, I would have been out the door with you, too. You know, I mean, come on. This is how it was, man. I mean, you, you can, this is what he's talking about, perverse lips. You can go so far into this mouth thing that, man, you can just go. You can be way over the edge where you offend everybody you talk to. The Bible says if this book isn't mixed with the Spirit of God, which it's supposed to be, 
It could kill. You could become so legalistic in your approach to things where you could kill your family with this word. You could, it's the Bible. You believe it or not. When was the last time you saw a farmer go out in the field with a bag of seed and a hammer? Where are you going? I'm going to go plant this. I think I got it deep enough. Jeez, man. Wow. <laughs> Matthew 12. Let's go over there for just a moment. I have to get this introduction finished really seriously. I, I just want you guys to know that I'm talking about the mouth, so I'm going to setting up a, a, a real big story here. No. I, I actually had something that I was going to go into there, uh, which I'll have to do maybe the next time I come down or whatever, but uh, it's not going to work out today. But... Uh, but this, this, I really feel, is what we're hitting on is, is, is necessary because we're talking about strengthening. And when we, when we send a group of men to camp and their theme is be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that is going to affect the whole church. And you can't send a bunch of guys back in who have just been trained for battle and then you got a bunch of raw recruits over there going, oh, so what? So what? So God is dealing with this whole church in that area. He's just not dealing with a group of men that went up to camp. He's dealing with everybody, men, women, children. Norm. You know, I only, I've known this guy for a long time. You know, I only do that because I love you. You know that, don't you? Just think if I didn't love you. Man, wow. Let the scripture kind of sets us up over here. Thanks. I appreciate that. Matthew 12, great, great, great area of scripture, and verse 31. Therefore, I say to you, therefore, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, okay? Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven men. Okay, now, let me just put this to rest right here. If you're blasphemous against the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be here because you would detest everything that God stands for. You would be so sickened by any scripture or any praise the Lord or any hi, brother, how are you? You would be so sickened by that that you would have to remove yourself totally from that kind of discussion. That's what he's talking about here. So he's not, don't look this as a loophole. Well, I think I did that. No, no. Don't let the enemy of our soul lie to you because that's the only influence that he has is his voice in your head. So words are powerful because we could believe one lie of the enemy and take 66 books of the Bible and say, I, am, I don't know. So don't underestimate that kind of power. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven him, but, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. That's pretty severe, okay? But what's to come is pretty severe, too. I think he's setting us up for this next portion of Scripture because he says this, either make a tree good or it's, and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. You don't ever have a tree that's half bad, half good. I mean, that's, this is the way God operates, you know? It's either good or bad. 
Okay, you see, see, there's provision in the Bible. Listen to this. There's provision in the Bible for Jesus being first in our life and last in our life. I'm the Alpha or the Omega, the beginning and end. Uh, uh, there's no provision in the Bible for anything in between. We can't have God somewhere in between in our life. He's, he's got to be first or he's going to be last. And that's the way it's designed because anything in between is lukewarm and bleh, you know what the scripture says about that. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to go by the word. I'm just trying to go by the, 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 the real word here, that, that what's being said in the Bible. So, so this, is, this, is, this rendition, he says, so here, he, says, he says, either make a tree good and its fruit good, or either make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Uh, a tree is known by its fruit. And then and he goes, he's talking to, to a, a, a Pharisee here. He says, brood of vipers. Brood of vipers. That's any snake of the family of venomous or poisonous serpents and any non-venomous or repulsive snake that can be mistaken for a viper. To me, that's any snake. Yeah, I mean, any snake. You throw a snake at me. I don't care if it's a garden snake. I'm going to freak out. I mean, it's snakes. I mean, Trinidad one day, I see the snake coming, crawling across the, the, the missionary's uh, roof over there on uh, his porch. And I go, oh, look at that. He goes, whoa, man, I've never seen that before. Here's a snake going by. In the middle of the night, same night, middle of the night, the snake just went somewhere. I didn't know where it went. I'm laying in bed. It is hot. The windows are open. And something lands on my bare back in the middle of the night. And I am out of that bed. And I w- I'll tell you, I was 80 pounds heavier than I am right now. But that did not cut anything, man. I was gone out of that bed. Ah! Because in a second of time from a deep sleep came snake. I, I, and when I got up in the bed and looking around for this viper, I'm over here, Jack. Hood. Touch me. I look and in the corner of the room is a tree frog. It's about that big. And it's like this. Didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. So when he talks about snakes here, man, you know, snakes are kind of funny, too, because some of them will actually let you know they're around. They rattle. You can see it coming. Hey, man, how you doing? That's good. Hey, wait, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Most of them are really silent. Whoa, whoa, dude, man, where you come from? Yeah, man. Ooh. Most of them are swift. Ooh. And they're equipped to strike fast. Hey, look at that. Oh, man. <laughs> he got me. You watch these things on, you know, the most incredible pets, you know. Hey, I got a pit viper. Hey, he bit me. <laughs> Some can bite you, and it takes a while to die. Beep, 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 beep. Just everything's swelling up on you. Beep, you know. Others can bite you, and you die right away. In Vietnam, there was a snake they called Two-Step Charlie. Two-step Charlie. I'm talking about people who have 
he's coming out. God is lightening people to vipers. I mean, this is Jesus saying this, man. I'm not making this up. This is some story I read in a book or something. I read this in the Bible. It's right there. I'm reading it for you right now. Some could hypnotize their victims. You got churches splitting because people have been hypnotized by we're going somewhere else? Okay. I'm in. Some of them, you take a look at them, and they spit at you. And they blind you. And when they blind you, then you're open and waiting to blind them. They can do whatever they want. There's a reason why he uses vipers and not bunnies. Oh, you generation of bunnies. Oh, boy. Wasn't for them chocolate eggs, man. You'd be bad. I'll tell you that right now. They're fattening, you know. Oh, yeah. Snakes. The word snake means this, to creep or to sneak. See, this is what, this is what, this, Jesus is really adamant about this kind of stuff. What comes out of our mouth is really something else. Look at what he says here. Root of vipers. That's what I got from that. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to that one. Just that in its own right. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth things that are good. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil. But I say to you, every idle word that men may speak, they will give account for in the day of judgment. This is a big deal. By your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Oh, oh, then you got guys like James. I, I just want to go over to James, James 3. You know, everybody knows, like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a mouth scripture. That's a mouth chapter. James 3. James chapter 3. I mean, I mean James sets us up here, you know. James, James, James says, says, my brethren, James is always so cool, you know, my brethren, brothers, hey, let me just lay a little trip on you here, okay? I just got something to say to you. Yeah, my brothers, uh, hey, let not, man, uh, let, let, not many, uh, 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 let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive the stricter judgment. For, you know, for if we stumble, we stumble in many things. Uh, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn them whithersoever they way their whole body turns when we pull on that bit. Uh, he says, look also to the ship also. They are so large and are driven by fierce winds, and they have this little rudder behind there. And when you turn that little rudder, it turns the ship, the whole ship turns, even in the midst of that adverse weather. It goes where the pilot desires it to go. That's why it says things like that the king's ha- heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turns it whithersoever he will. Where is our heart? Is it in our own hand? Is it in our own strength? Or is it in the strength of God? Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Then he, I can see him going, see how great a forest a little fire kindles? Hmm. Now, I want you to maybe think about this for a minute. And this is where you want to shout out. Back off, Jimmy. And the tongue. <laughs> the tongue. 
which everyone has. <laughs> the tongue which everyone contends with on a daily basis. The tongue which no man is without. Let's just talk about that for just a second, okay? The tongue, oh, it's a fire. A world of iniquity. I'm, I, I'm starting to see Jimmy's uh, uh, veins starting to go in his neck now a little bit, you know, okay? The tongue is set on fire. The tongue is set among our members that is, defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame that tongue. It's full of unruly evil and full of deadly poison. Man, somebody has to grab a hold of this. Man, it's like the, it's like the mask with Jim Carrey. Somebody stop me! Man, wouldn't it be great if God assigned an angel to you? And as soon as you started talking, he went, All right, okay, okay. Thanks. I've got a lot of good ideas. <laughs> let's, let's, let's finish this up. i got about three minutes. The tongue, no man can tame it. Full of deadly poison, full of deadly evil. Page three. 2 Timothy 2, verse 16. Listen to this one. Shun, or go against, be against profane and vain babblings, which is empty clatter, for they will increase to more ungodliness. Shun is to turn yourself away, to change course, to get out of there. Hmm. I want to just take us to Ephesians chapter 4 real quickly. I just want, I just want to... To, to, to finish with this, Ephesians chapter 4, and just read this portion of Scripture for you. It, it makes sense on its own right. I probably will stop just momentarily to make a comment about a, a couple of things. But listen to what this is saying over here. It's saying if you really are hearing God, if, if a person is hearing God, something is happening in their life. You cannot say, I hear from God, and nothing is happening in your life. It's, a, it's, the, same, it's, it's the norm going on. You know? it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. You can't do that. Uh, something has to change. Well, listen to this. It says here, uh, uh, indeed, in, in verse uh, 21 of chapter 4 of Ephesians, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him and the truth is in Jesus, if you really heard Jesus talking to you, if you really heard the truth of Jesus and you bought into that truth, it says you're going to put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful nature. He says, you're not acting like you did before. You're not walking like you did before. You're, there's something that's changed about everything about you on the outside. You're, eh, there's something that's changing if you really are hearing God. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You're not thinking like you were before. You're not allowing the thoughts to, to grab hold of you like you did. The Bible even says things this far. It goes this far and says, take every thought into captivity. Unto the Lord. Because if we don't take every thought into captivity, they will take us hostage. So we need to strike first on that. We need to get so acute in an argument with our wife or our husband that in the middle of the argument, we just start looking. Or the first part of a few words of the argument, we just start looking and we start laughing and just hug each other and go, that was stupid, wasn't it? That, <laughs> that was really dumb. And the enemy's going, What? What just happened? Who did I assign to this couple? 
Man, you can really goof up hell <laughs> just by how you talk. He says, he says, yeah, you're not thinking the way you are. He says, and put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You don't just put on Jesus on Sunday when you come to church here, but Jesus is on all, all week. He's on all the time. He's a 24-7 Jesus, man. Therefore, putting away lying, each one speaking the truth is him. Let me, let me just challenge you right now. Look here how many times to the end of this chapter. I'm just going to read it down. How many times the speech pops up if we're hearing God? Because I'll tell you, if you're hearing God, things that are coming out of here will change. Will change. Therefore, put away lying speech. Let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. In other words, anger usually is followed up with a lot of words. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Make it right. Don't do the silent treatment either. A lack of words sometime at a wrong time is just as good as a whole bunch of words. Nor give place to the devil. Nor give place to... Just, just, just you know, you're standing in line. I remember when I went to Star Wars, the first time I went to Star Wars. And we're standing there for three or four hours in line. My, my legs are engored with blood. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm, I feel like a tree trunk down there, man. I'm hurting, you know. I'm looking at... We're going to see a movie, a dumb movie with an android and whoever is in it, you know. We're going to see this. I'm swelling up, you know. And here comes somebody out of a car, a BMW, with a sweater tied around their neck, with a, with a, a beautiful wife, uh, comes walking over and comes up three people in front of us. They recognize, hey, how you doing? And they stay in line there. We've been there for three hours. They just drove up. We're starting to move here in a minute. I want to do this. I want to throw. Hey, did everybody see what just happened here? Let's get them. You guys get the car. We'll get the sweater boy. Don't give place to the devil if you let the devil Get his toe in your door. In five minutes, you'll be vacuuming with his hoover. Because he'll sell it to you, man. He'll sell it to you. You got to shut it down right away. I'm almost finished. And I'm four minutes. Does that bother anybody? No, I'm just kidding. It bothers me, but I'll read this real quickly. Let him who stole steal no more or no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have a, uh, something to give to him who has a need. We are conscious of people's needs around us. We're conscious of that. Uh, let no corrupt word, listen, here it is again, proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification or building up that it may impart grace to the hearers. When somebody walks away from your conversation, do you wait for that moment so you can say, oh, man, I'm glad they're gone because I want to tell you something about this guy. That's why you have long conversations, because nobody wants to leave. Anyway. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by which you are sealed into the day of redemption. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? By not showing up for church one day or for, for, for uh, um, prophesying something wrong or whatever? No. You know how we grieve the Holy Spirit? If we don't allow him to help us. He's a helper. He's a comforter. When you refuse comfort from the Holy Spirit in a situation, you are hurting him. You're grieving him right at that point because that's what he does. That's why he came. 
So he's saying here, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, which were sealed uh, for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. There's things that we have to take into consideration here. Did you get them stuck in my thumb right then, Roger? Hi, honey, here I am at the church. Watch this on Facebook. <laughs> Just closing with one more scripture and a comment. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed that your mouth has two doors directly placed in front of your tongue? Your lips and your teeth. We're designed this way. Two doors in front of the thing that could get us into the most trouble. Teeth. What? You can't even understand the person. Teeth, if you can't stop, stop your, your lips, grab your tongue as it goes by. You ain't going out there, man. You ain't going out there. Uh, you know, slam those doors, man. Slam those doors. Look at uh, uh, Psalm 141, verse 3. David said, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. Remember that teeth and lip thing, okay, next time you kind of want to really rip somebody. Amen. Will you stand, please? Strengthen the brethren. That's what that is. How to strengthen your family. How to strengthen people around you. Is that one of the best ways is that encouragement from the to- from from your mouth. There's so much in the Bible. There, there's reams and reams and reams. I could do a, a, a seminar on these things because there's so much material in there on this particular subject. Let's just look to the Lord right now, guys, and just 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 in this brief moment of time. I I want to ask you something. Do you feel that there's room for improvement in how you talk to people? I want you to lift your hand. With every head up and every eye open and look around and staring at people. (laughs) Nobody here is showing us how to lift their hand either. You know, this is how you do it. This is what he's talking about over here. This is what he's talking about. No, no, we're doing it because I have a tendency to flap down then more than ever, and so I really want God to do something right now in this meeting. I want God to do something in this meeting. Will you right now, you know, will you turn to somebody next to you? If there's maybe one person, just turn to somebody next to you, right? Just look at somebody, okay? Like Bruce and Dory, you guys look at uh, Norm, you join these guys, or join, join Roger there. Or, uh, uh, brother, just gr- grab on. If there's three of you in a group, or even four of you in a group, that's okay. I mean, but I, this is not going to take long. This will only be, only be like, like four seconds. 
Five seconds, a, a, a ten at the most, okay, should be, okay? I'm not asking you to go into some great rendition and talk about this, that, or the other. This isn't the time to do that, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to look at that individual right now, and I want you to lay hands on that individual and say, I want you to help. If it's your wife, if it's your husband, if it's your boyfriend, if it's your girlfriend, if it's your brother, your sister, or whoever it might be, I want you to say, help, help my wife. Help my wife right now. And you say, help my husband right now. And you pray for one another that way. Just just one word. Just those one word. You guys do it with me, okay? Don't miss the opportunity here, okay? I, this is not a time to go, hey, man, that's not cool. No, this is a time to really get into it. Go ahead. Get, get with these guys, okay? Just say, and just say, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. I really am. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this.